and listeners see adventures of Mechabuddy. This tells the true tales of our dimension's greatest heroes. So sit for a spell and listen. We find our heroes driving towards the convention center for the new World's Fair. Mechanical Wonderkin Betty was enjoying a nice chat with her childhood friend and fledgling reporter, Kenneth. So what did you do this week while I was holed up in my workshop? Well, I visited my parents. Oh, how did that go? Pretty good, actually. I think spending a few years apart helped a lot. Plus, it's pretty hard to have awkward silences when your siblings keep asking for more stories. Haha! <laughs> well, how did those stories go over with your folks? Well, they thought I was lying till I showed them the pictures I took. My mom nearly fainted when she saw the one with a werecat thing over in Germany. I gave my dad one of the claws and he showed it off to his friends with a picture. He said, <clears throat> Look at what my boy took down. Betcha none of you guys could have done it. That was... That was pretty nifty. So, how's your mom? <laughs> Still the toughest mechanic in Virginia. Nearly busted my door off the hinges when I said I was too busy for dinner. Whew. According to her, I was working three days straight and pretty loopy from trying to get the super factory working in time for today. Well, you did, and I bet you're going to win this thing. It's not a contest, Kenneth. It's the New World's Fair. It's about scientists and inventors from around the world showing what the future might have in hold for us. All the possibilities. I know, but gosh, your invention sure is swell. Thank you again for using it to build this nifty camera that lets me see my pictures before I develop them. Well, with any luck, I can do it a lot more than that. It would be great to use some of the other attendees' blueprints to see if I can actually make anything. They arrived to the fair and with some help they put the super factory inside their booth. Row upon row was filled with gadgets, gizmos, and even the occasional contraption. Betty and Kenneth decided to explore a bit before the fair officially opened to the public. The devices they saw ranged from sun-powered electrical generators to powerful computational devices that could fit in the palm of your hand. Betty became more and more excited as her head filled with the possibilities of each invention as Kenneth took pictures. Betty, if you get any more excited, you might blow up. <laughs> this is just so fantastic. <gasps> I really wish I could try some of these out. Golly, they even have flying saucers. Betty looked up to where Kenneth was looking and saw them, an armada of alien aircraft descending from the sky in droves. As they unleashed the first volley of radiated beams, the patrons of the showcases gasped for wonderment turned into high-pitched screams of terror. It's the communists! No, it's Martians! Betty quickly realized the panic would only make things worse and sprung into action. Uh, everyone, please stay calm. There's a fallout shelter inside the convention center. After everyone is inside, barricade the doors and stay quiet. As the people followed the calm-headed Betty into the fallout shelter, the first of the ships began to land in the gardens of the convention center. Marble statues toppled and crushed beneath the blackened metal of their landing gear. From the ships marched several humanoid creatures accompanied by large, ferocious beasts. They reviewed their landing zone and sized up the building, readying to take it by force. Kenneth stayed behind and took picture after picture of the invaders. Betty ran back after him. Uh, are you trying to get yourself killed? It's my job. I have to do this, and by golly, I will learn everything I can. Ah, but you will learn nothing if you get a laser bolt through your thick skull. 
Before the two could finish their argument, the invaders reached the door and began unleashing ferocious, energized bolts of atomic energy, splintering the wood and iron until it came off its frame. While the tall, slender alien spotted the two and began firing, one of its blasts piercing Betty's legs and another through her shoulder. Betty! Kenneth used his camera to repeatedly flash the alien and began to drag the injured Betty back to the fall shelter. Blast pierced the hallways, but being partially blinded by the intrepid reporter, its shots were as inaccurate as a Coney Island carnival game. They barely managed to escape into the shelter before it closed. Is there a doctor in the room? Almost every hand went up before Kenneth remembered what kind of convention he was at. A medical doctor? Stay calm. I am the surgeon here. From the crowd came Dr. Leo, a famous surgeon. His large frame and seemingly flawless features made him seem more likely to be an action movie star than a medical professional. He began to examine the wound and called out to the other doctors to find tools and supplies for performing the impromptu surgery. The aliens could be heard searching for and blasting any humans that were left behind. Despite the occasional scream of terror, Dr. Leo's hands were as steady in practice as a conductor playing his thousandth concert. In what felt like hours, the surgery was complete. Kenneth offered a towel for the doctor to wipe away his perspiration. That's the best I can do under given circumstances. Thankfully, their weapons have no bullets to clean out. <laughs> Though there may be other things to them to worry about now. Now we have to worry about the invaders. Will they escape the invaders? Will Betty survive her injuries? Tune in next time and find out!
listeners. I hope you got your hand far away from that dial. Betty had been shot by otherworldly invaders, apparently bent on conquering the Earth, and thanks to the wondrous workings of Dr. Leo, she is stable. But for how long? I am afraid she may not make it. Without some sort of life support, she's not going to last much longer. There must be something we can do! If I was in my lab, I have a mechanical life support suit. Finally brought the plans with me. <coughs> my... <coughs> My super factory could build it, <coughs> but there is more to this than saving me. <coughs> I have an idea. Betty had the scientists gather around her, bouncing ideas and adjusting Dr. Bloom's life support suits, designs, adding weapons, gadgets, the combined genius of the world's greatest minds working for one common goal, a weapon to defeat the alien menace. I even show you a feckin' super factory can even build this? Yes, though, <coughs> there is a flaw with the design. <sighs> Yes, I spoiled it too. Was a redesign. To make all this work, you need to be permanently built onto someone. Onto you. Right now, we need to think about surviving the day. I'll deal with the existential questions after we make it. Good point, Dr. Betty. With our plans set, the scientists figured out how to use the convention center surveillance equipment. The aliens finding no more humans to hunt down had either left for the city or were patrolling their landing zone. The beasts they brought were snipping around. Those. Those monsters, they look like wolves and killer whales. Whale wolves? Apparently, the genetic research must be hundreds of years more advanced than ours. Those things could sniff us out in minutes. But the hallways are clear for now. We must go now or never. I suggest now. Using a gurney, a group of volunteers quickly push Betty through the hallways, making a beeline straight for the super factory. Once I'm inside, push the button and insert the schematics into the scanner. The machine will take care of the rest. Betty, please be right about this. When have I ever been wrong about anything? <laughs> well, there was that one time you launched me into that tree. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. You just somehow gained five pounds in five minutes and threw off my calculations. And with a pneumatic kiss, their childhood memories were cut short as the machine closed and began its task. The werewolves! We have to keep Betty safe until the machine is done. As the brave volunteers scamper back and forth, gathering anything not nailed down to barricade the doors, the whale wolves howled. Their nostrils flared as they breathed in the scent of their prey, their alien masters following not too far behind. Within moments, the whale wolves were scratching at the doors, but their impromptu defenses held, keeping the doors closed. But for how long? That's not going to hold out much longer, even less if they start using their lasers. How long is this going to take? I have no idea. It made my camera in one minute, but turning a person into... into whatever she will be, that's a different story. She will be a machine, and a person. Almost like a tank of legs, I think. Ah, yes. I knew it had to be around here somewhere. Is this really the time for champagne? I think it's the best time. Either we are celebrating the creation of an entirely new being, or we enjoying the last few minutes before being ripped to shreds by abominations. Huh, good point. A toast, then. A toast. To Betty. No. To Mechabetty, whose genius may save us, and even humanity. They took a moment to drink as the beast continued to shred the door until finally one managed to peek its head inside. They're getting in, Doctor! Stay back. I'll defend them off, even if I have to breathe on them. No, Doctor! I got this. Distracted by the werewolves, the group did not notice the machine's hum fade as it completed its task. The tile cracked and splintered into ceramic bits underneath the weight of Betty, her new body standing seven feet tall. Parts shifted and moved as they calibrated. 
I think it's time to show them what a little human ingenuity can do. Mecha Betty launched herself at the barricade as Kenneth and the rest jumped out of the way. Wood and metal alike were smashed and tossed aside like straw. Betty grabbed one of the werewolves, its body helpless in her behemoth hands as she tossed it like a softball into the incoming aliens. They were knocked over like nine pins, but Betty was not finished yet. The hulking chestplate opened up to reveal a cannon. The air grew electric in the moments it charged. Her feet fired anchors into the ground before a blinding light ripped through the room. The aliens disappeared in a line of fire were their ships. Most of their frames simply vanished as the rest burned in atomic fire. Betty, are you okay? Ugh, I believe so. Did you get shorter? Huh, seems like you sent the humans to attack, Betty. Now how about we finish off the battle of champagne? <laughs> that sounds like a good idea, Doctor. Will Mecha Betty live long enough to contemplate her transformation? Will Kenneth finally ask Betty out to dancing? And can any dance floor handle 2,000 pounds of armor and weaponry? Find out next time on The Adventures of Mecha Betty!